0: Welcome to the VO2 Lounge podcast, the podcast dedicated to understanding the science of athletic performance. In this episode, we'll be looking into a paper titled Cannabis and Athletic Performance, published in 2021, to gain an understanding of cannabis and its place in sport. This episode will differ slightly from my normal format where I review multiple papers. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on this singular review paper because I think it highlights well all the information currently available on cannabis and athletic performance but it also highlights the fact that simply it's not particularly clear and there is much more work to be done before a clear understanding can truly be gained. We all know that cannabis is widely used for both recreational and medical purposes on a global scale. There appears to be accumulating interest in the use of cannabis and its uh, constituent for athletic recovery, and in some instances, performance. So why not see what the literature has to say on this? The purpose of this review, paper in particular, is to critically evaluate the literature describing the effects of whole cannabis, so THC and CBD, on athletic performance and recovery. The authors state that while investigations of whole cannabis and THC have generally shown either null or Detrimental effects on exercise performance in strength and aerobic type activities, studies of sufficient rigour and validity to conclusively declare ergogenic or ergolytic potential in athletes are currently lacking. The ability of cannabis and THC to resulting cardiovascular homeostasis warrants further investigation regarding the mechanisms by which performance may be affected across different exercise modalities and energetic demands. In contrast um, to cannabis and THC and CBD, has largely been scrutinised for its potential to aid in recovery. The beneficial effects of CBD on sleep quality, pain and mild traumatic brain injury may be of particular interest to certain athletes. Now this introduction summarises really everything that there is to some extent on why you would be uh, using... I'd like to note that I thought the podcast space might be saturated with podcast episodes on this topic given its prevalence in the news at, or at some times with different athletes getting caught but the only episode I can I found was by a pod titled Cannabis Connoisseur. So I I thought, why not go into PubMed, see what there was, found this paper, and now let's have a look to see what it has to say. There is a multifaceted relationship between cannabis use and athletic performance. Despite cannabis having a rich history of consumption, scientific exploration into its impacts on sport has been constrained by historical global prohibition and regulatory complexities. The substance continues to be illicit in many regions, further complicated by its inclusion on anti-doping prohibited lists. There has been, however, a noticeable shift in the global landscape as laws around cannabis use uh, evolve, both for medical and recreational purposes. This changing legal environment has led to an increased prevalence of cannabis use on a global scale, Athletes, whether engaging in competitive or recreational sports, are reported to use cannabis often with the hope of improving their performance. Now I feel like to some extent cannabis does have a, I don't know if diad is the right word, but a devoted following in most instances and I feel almost that someone sometimes referring to it as a method of improving their performance. It can also almost be a clouded judgment between their love for the 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 drug effectively and whether it has a purpose in sport now obviously we know in certain places particularly the americas like canada for example there are places now where it's now no longer a classified substance or at least it's no longer um, completely prohibited and the methods of which you obtain it and the volumes obviously differ from state to state and area to area but it is becoming a drug that is now more in line with, let's say, alcohol in the sense that you still got a divide in what people think about it, but in places it is completely legal to uh, use. Now, several factors influence an athlete's decision to use cannabis, including their sporting background, the nature of their sport, so an individual or team-based sport, the level of competition, and the demographic considerations. Notably, a recent meta-analysis involving a substantial number of athletes suggested that approximately 23% of athletes have used some form of cannabis within the past year of obviously the study taking place. This study represented over 46,000 athletes, um, just so you know how many people were talking here. So not an un- like insignificant number of people. They go on to provide a comprehensive chemical composition and physiological effects of cannabinoids found in the cannabis genus, focusing on THC and CBD, which everyone will be well aware of who's ever heard of um, cannabis, really. THC is known for its uh, psychotropic effects and acts on endogenous cannabinoid receptors CB1 and CB2, while CBD. Uh, lacks uh, psychotropic effects and interacts with various receptors potentially uh, modulating the effect of THC. The selective breeding of cannabis strains has historically emphasized THC leading to changes in cannabinoid ratios and increasing THC concentrations over time. Obviously because for most users outside of sport the effect is the high that you are after. You know, that is what you're prioritizing. That is what you're determining as a good batch that you've purchased. So it would make sense to grow strands with that as your end goal. Now, cannabis is commonly consumed through smoking or ingestion, uh, ingesting cannabinoid or containing food products. So edibles essentially or smoking a joint or something. Each with a different onset times and peak effects. Anyone who's used either form will understand that the the resulting high or effect of the of cannabis is very different depending on the way it has been ingested. This I think is important note that will come back to later in the episode, but has been one of my points against using it, at least in. Um, it's burn and smoke form, uh, or leech burn and smoke form. Surely inhaling smoke of any description is going to be detrimental to ventilatory capacity. And especially when we're talking endurance sports, maybe if you're doing a uh, purely strength, like Olympic weightlifting, then maybe the detriment to uh, lung function is not an issue for you. Um, but maybe even it will affect how you recover between sets but we go on now the pharmacological uh, the pharmacology sorry, of THD and CBD varies based on the contextual factors influencing bioavailability uh, and elimination rates athletes specifically uh, seeking the muscle relaxing effects often use cannabinoids including isolated CBD with reported benefits such as improving sleep exercise recovery, pain management, um, anxiety reduction, mood enhancement and concussion recovery, which obviously in the current state of, for example, rugby union and the NFL and contact sports in general with concussions being such a big thing at the moment, I am interested to see going forward whether more studies start coming out on these isolated CBD, possibly even just like gummies, for example, whether these become more uh, widely used and widely spoken about and widely researched especially because I suppose the stigma specifically with a CBD isolate is much lower than a, a piece of cannabis in general like trying to get that over the funding line and giving rationale for the need for the research now despite widespread use There's no clear consensus on the effect of cannabis in affecting athletic performance and recovery. The World Anti Doping Agency or WADA prohibits cannabis except CBD during in competition phases due to perceived potential performance enhancements, health risks, and violation of the spirit of sport. While Options on cannabis impact on sports performance differ. There's evidence suggesting potential cardiovascular, respiratory and cognitive effects. The passage emphasizes the need for evidence based on decision making, noting the security of trials specifically examining cannabis, THC and CBD effects on exercise performance and recovery outcomes. Now considerations for potential adverse health effects such as serious cardiovascular events, are uh, discussed particularly regarding to THC's impact on motor control and decision making. The review primarily focuses on the psychological effects of cannabis, THC and CBD in the context of sports performance, with CBD discussed independently due to its distinct physiological and psychological effects. The passage underlines the importance of further research to advance um, empirical understanding of the realm of sports performance now i think really as we go through this it will become more clear that it doesn't look like there's any real evidence or real belief really that it's performance enhancing in the way that say for example caffeine is performance enhancing where you would take some cbd or thc before an event and the resulting effect would be an improved performance it looks to be primarily in the recovery Uh, like portion of performance enhancement in allowing for better recovery and resulting in a greater training volume resulting in a greater training adaption and resulting in a greater performance overall now let's move on to the juicy bit being what are the effects on exercise performance now the paper highlights the historical inconsistencies and limited empirical data regarding the effects of cannabis use particularly focusing on the active compound Delta-9-Trihydrocarbonobinol, THC, basically. (laughs) I thought I'd throw that in once just so people had heard it. Um, And so if they ever hear it again, not throwing up as much. But my pronunciation is so abysmal that let's just stick to THC. Now, on human exercise performance specifically. Now, despite existing literature and reviews on the subject... Varying conclusions have been drawn ranging from presuming no benefit to suggesting potential advantages all the way to um, suggesting that there is a performance reducing effect of using cannabis. Now the severe lack of relevant new data in the past few decades, so this is from 2021 specifically and the reliance on studies published 35-45 years ago, contribute to the challenges in drawing definitive conclusions now this is what i really found when i was trying to put something together because i was a bit interested saw some athletes got popped i wanted to know whether there's anything around this i'd also some years ago now but there were various athletes formulating i say formulating releasing supplements specifically cbd um, supplements And suggesting this was the next frontier, and at that time I couldn't find anything. Still, couldn't find much recent information, and then this one just popped up in like as a review study, and so I thought I'd give it a go, have a little read through, and it seemed to be the most conclusive and in line with what I was finding myself. Now, um, changes in THC dosage, consumption methods, and recognition that timing of intake may influence physiological responses are important considerations um, they underline really the need for critical review of existing work recognition of acknowledged gaps but recognition of the knowledge gaps to gain a more specific understanding of the impact of cannabis and THC on human performance In comparing empirical data on cannabis and THC with that of other performance-related drugs and supplements, the evidence is notably sparse. The passage notes key factors that limit the meaningful extrapolation of findings to the current day, such as substantial increases in THC dosage over time, changes in consumption methods, and advancements in quantification of performance as physical work output. They identified 10 studies on the effects of cannabis on human performance, with four being cross-sectional studies comparing long-term cannabis use to non-users and six involving uh, administration of cannabis or THC before exercise. It points out that half of these experimental studies involved individuals with um, identified coronary artery disease or chronic obstructive uh, pulmonary disease. Uh, raising questions about the generalizability of their findings to be uh, the to the broader population, as it suggests they split the data into effects on three categories of people: chronic cannabis users, disease individuals, and healthy individuals. I imagine most people listening to this are in the healthy category, but we will still run through their findings on all three because I think it's important just to get the holistic view. Now, when I actually came across this bit in the paper, it did make me chuckle a little bit because they refer to as chronic cannabis users and uh, people refer to cannabis as the chronic, Um, so titling the season chronic users was a bit funny or amusing, but anyway. Now, the authors address the value of exploring whether individuals who habitually use cannabis exhibit differences in exercise performance compared to non-users. Cross-sectional investigations comparing cannabis users to non-users provides insight into potential uh, persistent performance effects with long-term use. However, the pathogenesis knowledge is that the limitations of such research designs emphasizing that while uh, they eliminated logistical challenges associated with a longitudinal administration of dose cannabis, they do not establish cause and effect relationships and are sub- susceptible to potential bias, of course. Now, reviewing existing data comparing cannabis users to non-users the passage notes that no reported differences are observed in various existing relative, uh, related measures including aerobic fitness or vo2 max blood pressure muscular strength and endurance work capacity and uh, perceived exertion even in physically active cannabis users no difference are found in uh, anaerobic power or markers of stress and inflammation it is highlighted that the participants in these studies were typically asked to abstain from cannabis consumption uh, for hours to days prior to testing to mitigate transient physiological effects. But this may not represent a normal functioning state of heavy users and could um, be confounded by potential interactions with withdrawal effects. Um, Because we know really, if someone's a chronic cannabis user, I mean, you could be using three times, four times, maybe even quite literally chronically throughout the day Um, they also raise the concern about potential bias in cross-sectional studies such as self-selection to participate despite these considerations the conclusion drawn is that there are presently little evidence to suggest that chronic cannabis use performed in isolation from training or competition significantly affects physical performance measures in recreationally active participants so we'll move on to diseased individuals. Now, this the, the disease section, I thought, was an excellent passage. And to me, they highlighted very well how studies can find results that are not always representative or relevant even. The first study of cannabis and exercise um, was performed in patients, 10 of which, with significant coronary artery disease which uh, is a uh, greater than 75% narrowing of the coronary artery, which is huge, really, when you think about it. But anyway, continue. With the onset of um, angina as the major end point, uh, this is just chest pains as a result of reduced blood flow to the heart. Now, comparing exercise capacity after smoking cannabis or cigarette placebo, both groups demonstrate a decrease in time to exhaustion. This effect was greater with cannabis use, 48% versus 8.6%, possibly because of an increase in myocardial oxygen demand or uh, rate pressure product. This is essentially what it says on the tin. Rate being heart rate, pressure being the arterial pressure it is working against to determine the stress uh, it's under and how energy or oxygen hungry it is. It is worth noting that according to the loading protocol described in the, in the methods, even during the control con- uh, condition, participants were capable of only 25 watts of power output. And just to top the segment off, uh, less than tw- either 25% or less of the test was performed at an increased workload of 50 watts. For comparison, the modern professional male cyclist can sustain approximately 500 watts for a similar duration um, of 120 seconds amidst hours of riding on consecutive days, highlighting the absurdity of using one population to predict the effects on another. Now, I'd go even further to say you could probably normalize this because I assume these individuals doing 25 watts probably weigh quite a bit. Right, Maybe maybe they're like 80 kilos, 80 to 100 kilos. Whereas these professional cyclists doing... I mean, 500 watts is quite modest, really. Um, if they're doing 500 watts for 120 seconds um, uh, during the tour, which is two minutes, as in the 120 seconds, then you're talking like a 60 kilo rider. These people are doing like 400 watts, 370 watts for an hour really up major climbs at the end of for those who are not in that world like as in me myself someone who is not anywhere near elites just probably above average for the most part i myself in and amongst a two-hour bike ride which was a race in itself where i averaged 240 watts for the two hours i produced on six separate occasions 500 watts For about a hundred seconds to remain in the group. So there you go. Now at the time I was probably 85 kilos, but it's still the watts per kilo, if you work it out, I'm not gonna do it right now because it would require me to think. But this is how absurd this test is. You are looking to see effectively what. The performance enhancing effects. And for someone to be seeking performance enhancing effects. They're probably fairly elite already. Like whether. I'll use the word elite probably too early. But they're more than just someone going out. Doing a run here or there. Doing a ride here or there. Lifting weights here or there. They are someone who clearly is. Hitting some kind of resistance. To their performance improvements. And are looking for ways to surpass that resistance which means you've already spent some time training now this work was confirmed by the same group using similar disease patients and an equally low exercise stimulus and THC dosage of um, less than 15 milligrams the following year it's worth highlighting that these two studies commonly represent um Uh, More than 50% of the performance evidence cited in existing reviews to suggest an um, ergolytic effect of cannabis on performance. More recently, to explore the effects of uh, breathlessness and exercise capacity, um, patients with the the same coronary uh, artery disease, uh, patients consumed whole cannabis, uh, vaporized, not smoked, 6.4 milligrams of THC, Prior to cardiopulmonary exercise testing, cannabis was reported to have no impact on any cardiorespiratory responses nor exercise time. And it's worth noting that exercise lasted um, less than five minutes. Importantly, this group of patients had advanced um, coronary artery disease, and the fitness that was approximately 10% of what would be expected for a healthy non-athletic control group now by the way uh, sorry COPD is is, is again the the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and simply is a group of lung conditions that cause breathing difficulties now now we can sort of move on to healthy individuals um, because that's who we all are it's still not going to be representative of someone who is at the top end of their performance capability whether that's you're still not at your genetic potential but you're just at your let's say potential within the constraints of your life whether it means you're only training five hours a week or 10 hours a week rather than 20 hours a week or if it's in the gym you're training two days a week rather than five or six essentially within your um, performance envelope available to you. This part of the paper looks at three key studies that have investigated the effects of cannabis, specifically THC, on exercise performance in healthy participants. Now, the first study involved 20 participants who smoked a moderate dose of THC, being 18.2 milligrams. While no effect was observed on hand grip strength, submaximal so work capacity on a cycle ergometer decreased. However, the decrease in work capacity was in sub- um, inseparable from an increase in submaximal uh, heart rate, so they just weren't separatable. The study used the PWC 170 test, a submaximal test leading to the passage to caution against interpreting the results as evidence on a uh, gallic effect. Um, the effects of cannabis consumption are not necessarily indicative of reduced um, performance. Sorry, the, specifically this effect on heart rate, um, when are not necessarily indicative of reduced performance. Now another study um, involved individuals habituated to cannabis use, performing submaximal uh, exercise at 40 to 50 percent of VO2 max, so kind of that zone two area, while less sustained. Uh, uh, cardiac response was reported no true measures of maximal exercise performance were recorded the extrapolation sorry the extrapolation of submaximal effects to exercise performance competitive situation is deemed uh, problematic and the authors themselves concluded that the significance of their observations are not established the final study examined healthy participants and uh, exercising to maximal capacity after consuming cannabis at uh, 1.7 thc at maximal exercise no differences were found in heart rate ventilation oxygen consumption or volume of exhaled carbon dioxide however cannabis exposure decreased time to exhaustion though the particular significance of this finding is questioned as the difference represented represented an average of a single one-minute stage or about 16 watts. The methodological ambiguity and debatable uh, practical validity of the findings indicate a need for further research in this area. Essentially, where we are left at this point is that there are no real high-quality studies performed on even moderately trained individuals to know what the effects of cannabis use uh, in athletes through various mediums is, I suppose what we would be interesting to know if individuals who are able to hold at least 3 watts per kilo for 30 minutes what the use of cannabis does to their performance including different mediums such as smoking to use of herbal vaporizers, edibles and any other concentrated oral options whether you could do that in use and then also see what the recovery effects are because at this point um that's, that's all the kind of hope there is for this. These studies suggesting any direct performance enhancing effects um, aren't, aren't there. They're just simply not there. Moving on, we reach the point of interest and really why I think elite athletes will be using this for. Because the question is why are they using it? This is more the recovery side of things such as dealing with sleep and inflammation and dealing with any anxiety. Now, cannabis, a substance widely uh, utilised globally for both recreational and medication purposes, um, maintains an illicit status in numerous countries, particularly within the context of sport. Now, as I said before, WADA currently prohibits the use of cannabis in competition, although nowhere the exception was made in 2018 for CBD and a major psychocannabinoid found in cannabis. Now, CBD distinguished by its non-psychotropic properties essentially meaning that it's not affecting your cognitive state was granted exemption from wider prohibited list making it an appealing option for athletes seeking potential benefits without the associated high however it's crucial to note that um, synthetic analogues of cbd might still possess psychotropic effects now uh, the regulatory landscape surrounding um cannabinoid uh, derivatives from cannabis varies among different sporting government bodies and wada while cbd is ex- explicitly legal all the psychocannabinoid derivatives are generally prohibited with the exception of thc thc is considered a threshold substance with concentrations exceeding 150 nanograms per milliliter uh, in urine, resulting in an anti-doping rule violation. For so context, caffeine has been on this list in the past, around the 2000, like the, the, literally the year 2000, per uh, a concentration of 12 um, uh, micrograms per milliliter for urine. However, this has now been lifted, and is now instead a recommendation. They still somewhat monitor it and recommend it's below there. And I think again, it's probably a health. Um, reason because the performance enhancing effects of caffeine come in that three to five grams per kilogram so you you don't necessarily need to be anywhere near that kind of concentration in the urine so if someone's getting caught for it it's not the it's not a worry that they're getting this huge performance boost it's likely a concern with the possible health side effects of using such a high dose using a low dose no but using such a high dose, possibly yes. Now, navigating the legal status of CBD and further complicated by legislative intricacies, emphasizing the importance for athletes to be aware of specific country and state regulations before considering CBD use in sport. Despite this complexity, there's been a uh, substantial increase in interest uh, and supplementation of CBD in athletic populations, driven by its uh, uh, the right, reported positive effects on performance and recovery. So really, um, we move on to sleep and anxiety. Uh, adequate sleep is widely recognized as a crucial component of the recovery process for athletes, as highlighted in various reviews. Despite this acknowledgement, professional athletes often report suboptimal sleep, both in terms of quantity and quality. Now, various factors can contribute to sleep disturbances in athletes, ranging from pre-game supplementation, competition timing to be the effects of long-haul travel and anxiety related to the competitive events. In response to these challenges, athletes commonly turn to supplements, including CBD, with the goal of improving sleep efficiency and providing um, anxiety-reducing effects. However, the evidence supporting these effects is primarily derived from clinical research rather than studies conducted within elite cohorts. Studies on the potential positive effects of CBD on sleep have predominantly focused on populations with specific health conditions such as Parkinson's disease and post-traumatic stress disorders. Randomised controlled trials in human participants are limited but but notable findings include a study... Um, which reported a significant increase in sleep duration with CBD supplementation. Specifically, this was with 160 milligrams in, in individuals experiencing difficulties in both sleep onset and quality. It's important to note that these conclusions were based on uh, perceived or subjective measures, not measurements um, from any sort of scopes, for example. Um Notably, participants in the study were healthy and not experiencing reported sleep disturbances. Um, while C B D holds promise for improving sleep quantity and quality, well designed randomized control studies specifically focused on athletic population are crucial to determine the precise situations and if in which C B D may enhance sleep and consequently recovery, the existing evidence highlights the need for further research to establish the potential benefits of C B D in the context of athletic sleep, patterns and recovery. Now, from this, at first I was like, oh great, look, if you're having bad sleep, maybe it's something to try. But because it's such sort of a new thing on the market at least, I've maybe, I suppose maybe it's been around long enough now. But I'd be interested to see some of these get batch tested and I'd be interested to know if anyone knows of any uh, supplement companies who batch test their product and whether what it says on the tin is actually in that supplement both for contaminants and for the actual milligram dosage of the supplement itself now pain inflammation and muscle function are another common uh, utilization for individuals when it comes to rigorous and athletic training especially during intense competitions and grueling workouts athletes often face exercise-induced muscle damage, or EIMD. Seeking an effective pain management of recovery solutions may turn to non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or NSAIDs, um, or even opioids. Sorry, opiates. However, the prolonged use of uh, NSAIDs not only hampers the body's adaptive responses, but can also lead to adverse long-term health effects. So essentially it's something you would use in competition where you're not looking to adapt, you're looking purely to uh, recover. In the realm of elite rugby, a notable 26% of players have been either experimented or are currently using CBD supplements despite limited evidence supporting their efficacy. Surprisingly, it's significant uh, being 80% of rugby players cite pain management as their primary motivation for using CBD, even in the absence of robust evidence base and I can really believe this because the rugby environment because of the nature of the contact sport you there is a much a brotherness or a kinship between players and if someone uses it and reports any kind of improvement, then you know full well that most of those players are going to be purchasing the supplement and trying it for themselves and then there's just the simply the placebo effect and whether then they all start feeling it and does it really matter at that point well I suppose if there's anything else in it and yeah it could be detrimental to health but I think that's where this is essentially coming from uh, at least in the rugby sphere um, the interaction of CBD with enzymes like CYP3A4 and CYP219 raise concerns about the potential drug Um, drug interactions like drug to drug interactions adding an additional layer of complexity to its use despite the widespread adoption of cbd for pain relief among rugby players only a modest 14% reported experiencing any uh, discernible benefits Uh, the discrepancies may be attributed to the variations in cbd dose with higher amounts potentially required for substantial anti-inflammatory effects However, high doses uh, also come with risks of adverse effects, particularly gastrointestinal and neurological issues, especially for individuals with pre-existing uh, gastrointestinal uh, conditions. When it comes to CBD, its role in strength training, research is limited and existing studies yield um, really non-conclusive results. One study found that 150 milligrams a day of oral CBD had no uh, discernible effects on muscle function or perceived uh, soreness in um, untrained males followed by muscle damaging protocol, essentially lifting weights. Another study that av- um, available as a conference abstract suggested that CBD supplementation or 60 milligrams a day attenuated acute increases in creating uh, kinase after resistance exercise but also resulted in a reduced strength while uh, within 24 hours so in conclusion really the current understanding of cbd's impact on muscle recovery is in its early stages demanding further research to uh, understand optimal dosages uh, just the effects in general and the pursuit of uh, comprehensive understanding of cbd's potential benefits Uh, the context of athletes recovery necessitates a more uh, nuanced and thorough investigation to be honest so even there there's not really enough but the final bit to me was can it protect your and by this we're talking about can it uh, improve or protect against concussions now concussion is a type of mild traumatic brain injury or mtbi Uh, it can occur from rapid deceleration of rotational forces applied to the brain This concern is particularly relevant in collision and combat sports like rugby, American football, boxing and mixed martial arts. Acute side effects of concussion include headaches, cognitive impairment, sleep disruption and behavioural changes. Uh, Long term effects may lead to behavioural changes such as aggression, anxiety and depression. Now despite the exact mechanisms being uh, unconfirmed, CBD has been suggested to provide a protective benefit for athletes at risk of MTBIs in sport. Um, proposed mechanisms include CBD's anti-inflammatory properties, modulation of an- anandamide uptake and enzymatic hydrolysis, and a decrease in adenosine reuptake. Now, Currently only one study in the mice has explored the effects of CBD on MTBI. Uh, The study concluded that chronic CBD administration reduced dysfunctions related to um, anxious, aggressive and depressive behaviours following these traumatic brain injuries. Now given the serious consequences of these concussions and the potential neuroprotective benefits of CBD is uh, crucial to uh, conduct further investigations in humans. Understanding the mechanisms by which CBD may offer neuroprotection for athletes at risk of MTPIs um, is essential for developing effective strategies in mitigating the impact of these injuries on their health. So to wrap this up, cannabis and individual cannabinoids can impact human physiology, but applying these effects to improve the health, performance and recovery of athletes remains incomplete due to knowledge gaps and low quality evidence. Cannabis and the THC and THC are prohibited by WADA in the com- in competition and while their effects are, are at rest unknown, athlete-specific research is needed to understand the short and long-term effects um, on exercise. The dose response, the consumption methods, timing and cannabinoid concentrations are require, are require investigation for informed decision-making on prohibition. CBD's relevance to athletes lies in recovery during training and competition, showing promise for pain and recovery improvement. Although evidence is limited, athletes must navigate local regulations and potential contamination uh, issues to avoid doping violations when using CBD. Essentially, my take on it is the evidence isn't there enough to. With any supplement, comes the risk of getting caught for a banned substance that's within the supplement. For through no fault of your own, Um, there's some complexities about where you live, there's some complexities around when you're allowed to use the substance. So, for me personally, I it's not something I'm going to add into my supplement supplement routine to improve performance at all, really. So, I think that's what's your take on this. Do you think this is steady away from using it given enough reason to attempt it? are you a non-elite and therefore not worried about getting caught for anti-doping and just wanted something that may improve your just overall performance and recovery let me know by emailing vo2lounge or joining the discord server and putting comments in relation to this episode for more content like this explore my previous episodes and consider following rating and sharing the podcast share your thoughts or suggest future topics at the vo2lounge at gmail.com or in the vo2lounge discord server links all down below. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, it's goodbye.